Hello? Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Nope. <laughs> Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, in what I can only determine as matching gray denim are you? I am the producer. My name's Matt Duncan. And yes, I I do have a bit of a gray ensemble today. Uh, I thought the uh, tank top was a little too... Uh, you know, I, I need to layer up a little bit. I think it was for a Kyle Lowry tribute episode. I got to dress up a little bit, you know, as mm-hmm. uh, I have a life pretty much in sweatshorts. So, you know, I, I it's hard. Oh, so, yeah. No. It's hard the to people dress. who know this pod well, I've seen you on the snowblower, half yeah. naked, Absolutely. middle of the winter, just blowing snow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are a Raptors and NBA podcast. Uh, mm. We're hardcore fans and comedians and, you know, wannabe analysts. And we have comedians on the show and analysts on the show. And uh, thank you so much for listening. If yeah. uh, people want to find us, help us, support us, how do they do that, Matt? You can go to our site, dunkspodcast.com. As I always say, we have our links there. We have our episodes there. We have our seasons archived there. If you want to go back into the time capsule a little bit. And, you know, we've we've got eight seasons of Kyle Lowry here that, you know, you can go back anytime and see uh, with all these great comedians and sports writers and, mm-hmm. you know, people that just uh, hardworking folks from working at restaurants and stuff. We've got all kinds of guests on here. Uh, talking That's a right. lot of Raptors ball, a lot of Kyle Lowry. So check that out. Also go to our Twitter, our Instagram, go to the Sonar Network uh, and uh, give some some love there. And you can click on our link trees and you can buy our toques and you can join our Patreon. We would appreciate it. And if you can do it, fantastic. Fantastic indeed. You're right, Matt. We got everyone here. We got, you know, hard workers of all kinds. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great like intro because this episode is going to be a an entire Kyle Lowry tribute episode. He is one of the franchise's most special players of all time. So mm-hmm. it only makes sense. I think before me and you start chatting, Kyle, yeah. uh, and, and the show gets rolling. Um I'll just say to everyone who listens, uh, you know, usually a part of our intros, we we make sure to let people know. So I'm going to let them know where we're at in terms of beliefs right now. If if you're listening and new to this podcast, um, stop Asian hate, defund the police, email your city councilors and Black Lives Matter. And if any of that doesn't sit well with you, you can, I, I guess, go ahead and turn off the pod. Um, but uh, Maddie, um, yeah. I don't want to... We got to get to we got to get to the good stuff here right away and and I will say before me and you start chatting mm-hmm. uh, one one last thing is um just quick shout out on the guests we have an all star cast today mm-hmm. Catherine Niker, Alan Shane Lewis Katie Heindel and Derek Dionarain 
um, all just incredible Kyle Lowry insights and stories. And yeah, yeah, it was uh, an emotional episode, but it was a good, it was a good episode too, right? Yeah, no, it was fantastic. A lot of great takes, a lot of love for Kyle. And I'll just say as well, before we do get into it, um, next week we will be off. This is our first time taking a week off since the pandemic began. Oh, my. Uh, Freddie is going to South Carolina for a little break. And uh, so, yeah, we have this episode uh, coming out. And then uh, we're just going to take that week off and we'll be back at it. So, you know, in that time, you can go through those archived seasons, listen to some of the uh, early Kyle episodes, me learning, wow. you know, intently about Kyle Lowry. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for listening all through this, this time. And, you know, we've really s- tried to stick to our schedule to keep providing content for you guys to have some, you know, structure during this weird, weird time. Yeah. And Matt, you know, I've said it on the pod before, but I'll say it again. Thank you for being there with me every week. You know, we did the last dance. We did, uh, you know, just massive periods of nothing going on while we were waiting for the bubble to return. It's been a time. And uh, I think we're still going to be going through some stuff. So let's uh, let's stick together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um. I want to, you know what, John Rallis, who was on the show last uh, week, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm ready to start talking, Kyle, if you can tell. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he highlighted just kind of your growth and knowledge as a basketball fan mm-hmm. and a Raptors fan. And I think that's probably a good place for us to start. Like, is there anything that, you know, early fe- feelings you had about Kyle that developed or, you know, by the time you kind of joined in, was it like he was already like a God? So you kind of had to love Kyle. Okay. So this is, it's interesting you asked this question because when I started, so this would have been the 2014, 15 season. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so I'm still kind of trying to learn the positioning of basketball and stuff, you know, like there's it, you know, there's still some stuff I don't quite understand, you know, the difference between a point guard and a a shooting guard. I, I I don't know if I'm quite there understanding it yet. I kind of know the point guard is the, like more of the quarterback of, of the court, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, the shooting guard also does. I don't don't really know, but (laughs) it's even blurrier with positionless (laughs) basketball too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But when I came into starting to watch the Raptors, um, I didn't understand what a charge was. So I was watching games huh. and I thought that people were just picking on Kyle. Like I didn't, I thought he huh. was just trying to play a position and people kept running into him and, you know, they rewarded him. Cause like, sorry, man, that guy hit you again. Uh, you can have the ball. Like, and I, <laughs> for a while, untrue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's not untrue. So I, I kind of got, I started like, I was like, oh, I was defensive of Kyle before I kind of saw him as this like amazing godlike player. I'm like, they're picking on this small guy all the time, and I don't understand it. But thank God we get the ball. I did, it took me a while to realize, like, oh, he's trying to get charges. Like, this is a skill. He's putting himself in harm's way to recover the ball. And now, now I'd like, you know, I'm, I'm just constantly looking for charges when I watch basketball. Now it's mm-hmm. like such a big part. So yeah, that was really the start for me with Kyle was like <laughs> thinking he was this guy that was just like getting picked on, you know, like, uh, you know, like when tall guys would put their hand on little guys' foreheads and they're like trying to punch 
Like, yes. But I thought that's what it was. I was like, this is mean. Like, what? But lo and behold, it's I mean, like one of his greatest skill sets. Totally. And I think, like, you, you, I mean, you open up a door in my brain where, you know, thinking about like basketball specific stuff, Kyle actually kind of taught me mm-hmm. as a fan. I mean, I don't know if he can directly be attributed to this because it's something our team does all the time now. And it's something basically I see all over the league. I know he didn't invent it, but Kyle as a Raptor really, really kind of pushed the two for one play. So you got 29 seconds on the clock and he, he, you know, the Raptors have the ball Mm -hmm. and his whole game is I'm going to shoot this in the next five seconds. So we get the ball back for sure. Right. And the Raptors, Fred does that all the time. It's part of our strategy. It just, it's an extra possession in this yeah. game of like, you know, you're trying to maximize every single possession. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think, you know, again, I don't know. I'm not enough of a historian to say that can be attributed directly to Kyle, but I'll say that I'm a pretty hardcore fan. And I learned of this as a, a strategy, you know, some of the games come down to one, two, three, four, five points. Yeah. And, those extra possessions at the end of all four quarters matters. I mean, everyone does it at the end of the fourth, right? Yeah. But I think Kyle had an emphasis of doing it like, no, you do that every quarter. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's really well said, Fred. And just how at the at the end of the fourth quarter, I didn't realize and, you know, learning how it really turns into this crazy chess match when you have like three seconds on the clock and, yeah. you know, so much can happen when you're only down two or three points. And, you know, one of my favorite memories, obviously, is is uh, is Kyle chucking that ball over uh, Taco Fall. Taco Fall? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, hitting. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, Taco Taco Bell? I just want to say it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Taco Fall and, uh, you know, hitting OG. I love Taco Bell. Just yeah. aside. Uh, we, we all love Taco Bell here. You Taco Ball podcast, uh, oh, Taco dude. Ball, Taco <laughs> Fall. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm really getting all scattered. But uh, it, to see what he can do at the end when the pressure just is so immense is really cool to see where it's like, oh, we're always in good hands when you have Kyle. Like, if, yeah. if, if a play can be made, it's going to be made. You know? And also, like, you know, I'm going to win this game with a pass. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Right? Um, and you know, also we ran the play and it's like, Hey, OG, be ready. Yeah. Uh, you're, I'm going to get it to you. Even if they bring in a comically tall player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'll do a soccer overhead if I need to. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. You know, I'm, I'm not sure it was mentioned in the pod. So I'll throw out a couple moments for me. Like yeah. I gotta say the Kyle Dallas comeback. It's just like, He's willed a lot of victories, Mm -hmm. but that has to be up there as far as like willing it the most. Yeah. Um, That's a big one for me. Uh, You know, Katie brings up the losing to Brooklyn. That's a big one for me. I'll also add getting swept uh, by Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after I remember after that series, uh, he criticized Casey a little bit, uh, but they ended up working together still. And, uh, you know, th- that kind of showed me. I remember at that time, I was like, oh, Casey's gone for sure. And he wasn't gone right away. And I know a lot of people um, that's a mistake for a lot of people. But I think it says a lot about Kyle's willingness to like grind out a hard situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a big part of who he is. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm so many good specific memories, but like all all the charges, I I think I enjoyed watching him become a better three point shooter as a Raptor because he really 
turned into quite an elite three-point shooter as a Raptor. So that, that growth was fun and kind of like adds to the Raptors have seemingly a good path about, uh, are they, they're good at making shooters, better shooters. Yeah. I definitely um, see you know. that. Um, and I would just say, uh, cause you know, we have a lot of memories of Kyle at the end of seasons being real down. We know what he was like when, Demar was traded and, you know, seeing Kyle oh. upset like that and a bit standoffish is kind of the worst. So it's not my favorite Kyle to see. No. Um, <laughs> but then when you see him uh, wearing that Suttermeyer jersey, holding the Larry O'Brien, you yeah. know, at the parade and just like yes. after they won in, in, uh, in you know, o- Oakland, when they were in Oakland, just like this constant smile and joy, like, it just, uh, I don't know, man. It's like, I think I've been hard on basketball uh, with like how after they win a championship, it's always kind of this weird thing. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have this like Stanley Cup they can like hold, hoist over their head, but like right. the Raptors really changed it for me. I was like, man, this is, all of this is sick. So, yeah, you know, and the, the, the parade, I'm glad you brought up the parade. Cause like, how awesome was that? That was like, you know, and Katie talked to, uh, about the arc, right. Of yeah, Kyle. Yeah. And it's like, of course, part of that arc is him being on, on a bus with <laughs> Damon Stoudemire, our first like big, big impact yeah. player, you know, kind of like, just what a shout out to the fans. And just like, that is, I mean, I remember seeing the Stoudemire Jersey and just being like, this guy's the best person in the world. Uh, And he is. I mean, I've said it a bunch of times too in the pod that like me and Kyle uh, are the same dimensions and same age. And I think that's just funny to me. It's always been funny because it makes, to me, it makes what he does that much more remarkable. I I guess I'm, I'm, you know, it's still remarkable what a guy like Pascal or OG or, or, you know, hopefully Scotty Barnes can do, but there's a certain aspect. It's like, wow, you're a physical Marvel, you know, you're six, eight and you're like jacked and Kyle is jacked. Don't get me wrong, but (laughs) basketball is a tall guy sport or a tall person sport. So I think seeing a little guy kind of just rock it was, was pretty awesome. I know. And, you know, seeing him now going to Miami, I've been thinking about this a lot and wanted to know what your input is. But do you think Mm -hmm. Miami now that they have all their guys, they got Oladipo coming back on a one year, you know, they've got. I didn't know that. That's significant. Yeah. I believe I saw that he's coming back for a one year. So, uh, you know, do you think they're like, okay, they're looking around the league. They're seeing what all the other teams are doing. The Lakers, Brooklyn. Um what we have to do, we got to be that Pistons team, that like nasty Pistons team to win a chip mm-hmm. in this league right now. Do you think like it's just going to be with like PJ Tucker and like, is it just going to be like, and we know how Kyle can be too, like how he can get people's nerves. Like I think Miami is going to be like a, a hilarious show to watch. Like it's just going to be good basketball, but also just pissing off people. I think oh, uh, you're, yeah. am, you're I, am I right un- on that? You're you're like too right. You're so right that I know Raptors fans who want to root for him in Miami will start to get conflicting feelings because let me tell you, I've had a bunch of times where I've watched Kyle Lowry and I'm just grinning and giggling only because I could just imagine myself as, you know, a supporter of the other team. 
mm-hmm. being furious. Like, you know, I would be, I, I honestly think I might, there's a chance that I passionately would hate Kyle. Yeah. Uh, if he was like, you know what I mean? But now, you know, I think it's going to be like watching your, like, uh, your, your granddad or your, or your dad, like <laughs> kick somebody's ass, you know, like yeah. I think for like, so I saw someone tweet this, uh, you know, on, uh, on Twitter, just like, Oh man, is the whole ACC going to cheer when Kyle takes a charge against us? Oh, Matt, that's our <laughs> is, time. is that our timer? <laughs> I, I put a timer on us too. Nice. But yeah. Cause you know what? I also realized we're going to be talking about Kyle forever. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, but let's, let's, let's kind of give ourselves a bit of parting words here. Um, is there anything you want to say before we start this episode and kind of just, I guess, put a cap in this Kyle era? Yeah, uh, Gilbert Arenas, if you're listening, um, Toronto can be a pretty special place to play. Um, just, you know, if you haven't seen it, just look at some of the footage from the parade just as one thing. Uh, maybe just talk to Kyle, throw him a text. Uh, I think people take the city seriously and the franchise. We have the best president and, you know, arguably one of the top uh, GMs, paging Bobby Webster, if I may say. Uh, <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I'm very appreciative that we have that we've had this Kyle experience and, you know, I do look forward to see the next version of Kyle, the people that are inspired by Kyle to try and take that mantle from him. I think it will be fantastic and great for the Toronto Raptors. Dude. Uh, I'm not even going to add anything because I think he just like totally nailed it. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, the, all the vibes are so good with Kyle. I, I will actually, you know what? I'm going to add one thing. Okay. Um, and it's only because you, you've brought it up to me twice now. And I think this is perfect. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas. So I got my hair cut today. Uh, shout out to my uh, barber, Jason at hollow ground. He brought it up too. He's pissed <laughs> at Gilbert Arenas too. And I told him, I'm like, you know what my producer for my podcast said to me? He said, Freddie, I looked it up and Gilbert Arenas has only ever won one series. How could he say that? <laughs> I said that to Jason. And he was like, yeah, why would he say that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I think we're Raptors fans and we have a ring and Kyle's won a bunch of series. So we can do a bit of that, right? We can yeah. be like, oh, that's, that's nice, Gilbert. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. you did nothing compared to what Kyle did. Cheers. Yeah, and interesting how all these other players who have won a ton of of playoff rounds and championships don't really talk like that about Toronto. You know, you're not gonna it's get almost quiet. Yeah. Gonna be spewing that kind of slander to the city. Nah. Ain't ever gonna happen. It's, it's almost as if real respect, real. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, I mean. I enjoyed my Gilbert highlights just like everyone else. Hibachi Grill. He he had a good time. But uh I mean he's no he's no winner like Kyle. And I think I mean, yeah. I'll try to we, tone down my arena's hate now that I've gotten it into two podcasts. Yeah, you know what? Let me just say uh, there wasn't any flubber references, so I'm just gonna throw that out. Um because I think we got everything else in this pod and and Maddie, yeah, we're taking our, our first break since the pandemic and uh, I'm excited yeah. to start this pod and yeah, thanks again. Let's yeah, when we're back, it's a new era. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Excited. Right on. Well, yeah, if you feel like we're good to go, please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Oh, 
This is Rusty Cunningham from BBC NBA News. Today is July 11th, 2012, and finally NBA free agency is starting to take off over there in North America, but we've got some big trades to report first. Canadian basketball star Steve Nash has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for two firsts and two second rounders. Some say this could be Steve Nash's last chance at winning an NBA championship. Well, he's in good hands with the amazing Kobe Bryant. Uh, another smashing trade as the Houston Rockets making a noise. Marcus Camby has been traded to the New York Knicks for a gaggle of players, including Tony Douglas, Josh Helson, Jerome Jordan, and a couple of second-round draft picks. Now, those are the big trains that have come through the docket. Lots more to come. Although Houston does seem to be not be done yet. They've been trading Kyle Lowry to the Toronto Raptors for a first and Gary Forms. I know it could seem like a minor trade if you want to say that is what it is. Toronto not known for any big splashes of note. But this one, you have to remember, first rounders, very valuable coming from Toronto as they're almost always guaranteed to be in the top five because they are uh, an underperforming team like you know i'm excited to be here um it's a great opportunity for myself um for this team to grow and um you know as brian said um you know given my given the keys i think um you know i can drive this car to a, a playoff team and um make the ex- expectation for our team to be better um with the addition of myself and landry um as brian spoke on i think the defense has gotten a lot of, a lot better uh, instantly um with the big fella Jonas coming over i think that helps um but i'm excited to be here i really can't wait to step on the floor with this you know the team and um and, and see what uh t-dot's all about Alan Lewis. All right, I am here with uh, one of my very favorite guests, uh, host of the CBC Baking Show, and also host of Catching an Alley Oop every once in a while and dunking on somebody's head. Um, <laughs> I, I've never seen that, but I imagine it could happen. Uh, Alan, Anywhere, just a garbage can, throw me an alley, I'll put it in. Like, oh, totally. Like, yes. yeah, it doesn't need to be a 10 foot rim, it needs no. to be an open cylinder. Yeah, um, orange peels, you got it. Looks like a basketball. Hundo P. Uh, okay, we, we got to get right to it because there's a reason you're here. You're one of my favorite guests. Uh, this is a big, well, I guess it's a couple days ago now, but um, let's just go in on uh, Kyle Lowry. He's uh, he's no longer a Raptor. The Kyle Lowry, yeah, it's over. Uh, I mean, the Kyle Lowry era is over. I don't even want to say anything. Just give me your initial thoughts and we'll start talking. <sighs> it, it hurts. It feels like, you know, that like really cool person from your high school that like you, you just saw them as soon as you came in grade nine, they're a little bit older. They're like on all the sports teams are super fun, really relatable. And then they just like graduate and have to go. And you're like, yeah, I, this day had to come. You know, we had to move on. We had to kind of accept this, but it still feels so surreal. And it ends up being the same place that, you know, Christopher West and Bosch went to, you know? So I feel like these Raptors are like, I'm tired of getting double taxed on all this money on, you know, north of the border. I need to go to Florida where the the tax laws are low and I can just keep all my monies. Um, But he's in a very good situation where they can actually win. So I'm happy. I didn't want him to go to a a Grizzly, not Grizzly, sorry, a Pelicans team Mm -hmm. where, you know, I don't want to see him grow. I don't want to see him not grow, but like grow with the team. I wanted him to have actually a chance, a chance to win a championship mm-hmm. and compete. So, you know, he can put those things on his resume to, to clock out when he becomes a hall of famer. But 
it was sad. It was sad because I, I really like Kyle Lowry. Like immediately when he came in here, I was like, why isn't he not starting over Jose Coltrone? Why is this a debate? Why are we keep doing this? Like we know which, uh, which one's our starting point guard. And You're on your own there, man. I'm still <laughs> team Jose. <laughs> Jose can pull it up from the rear anytime. Uh, uh, have you but, ever seen someone dribble so well without crossing the ball between their legs? Oh, That's you know, something, just dribble around the court in a, you know, in a circle pattern, right, get right up to the net. But you know what? Pull right back up to the three point line. That's what Jose. Dang right. <laughs> but yeah, it's sad to see him go. But it, it, we had some time to kind of um, embrace it for impact for what this was going to be. And I have all the feels. I still haven't gone through all the. Um, the messages that he's posted, I haven't read it yet because mm-hmm. like I, once I do that, it becomes real. Like anytime somebody gives me like a card of like our end together, I kind of wait. I don't read it that day. I kind of wait till later on, and then I have those like little memories to go like, oh, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I'm gonna. It's gonna feel even more real when he visits the ACC or Scotia Bank Arena and plays against us. And if you boo Kyle Lowry, I will. I will. Whew, off the oh, top rope. Off no. the top rope. Anyone that boos Kyle Lowry. I hope by the time he comes back, you know, technology is moving fast, but I hope that if you boo Kyle Lowry, like, you know, when Neo in the matrix, like the skin starts growing over his mouth and he's like, (laughs) I hope that's what happens to you. Um, (laughs) That's horrifying, but no, you know, wait, you're talking like Lowry memories. Is there any Lowry memories that are like in your mind right now? It doesn't have to be the best Lowry moment. Uh, There's just so many. He just takes charge of so many late, our end of games that is just I just feel so secure in his hands anytime he has the ball inbounding it or he bringing up the ball and it we're like it's coming down to when we need a bucket I'm just I feel so safe like it feels like a warm hug dribbling the ball up the court and he just takes charge there's that one game against Miami that playoff game where he just heaved it from like full court just to tie to send it to overtime it's just like so wow. cool you know the, the the one where he he just took control against even um this is a recent one there's a lot I think it's last season against the Celtics where he just took Kemba into the paint and just scored on him you know just like and then just went for yes. a swim afterwards it's just the past to OG whether it's Game Six of the NBA Finals where at the beginning of the game he oh. just starts scoring just score a man on a mission somebody who knows like no we have to take control right now I have to be the adult in this room and, or you know put my big pants on and take over and take charge and that's what Kyle Lowry can do and instantly impact everyone else it just it gravitates from him it all comes from it, it radiates for him it's 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 amazing and Miami Heat I hope you know how lucky you guys are I, I hope they do too and like I think you touched on something that is part of what makes Kyle so special you know he definitely had skills that turned into elite skills like three-point shooting and, you know, leading the league in charges and guarding, you know, at his size. But I feel like he was like a masterful game manager. And, you know, whether that's working with DeRozan, Siakam, Serge, Kawhi, whatever, he was so good at kind of like maximizing like his particular role and and the guys around him. Like, is there there a dude you think like benefited from Lowry the most? Like, I know he got a lot of people paid, but. Is there someone yeah. who's like this guy? Um, I'm making up these questions, by the way. So, yeah. You know, yeah. No, no, I they, I think I definitely think there there were different players. I um, you know, a Siakam or I think Ibaka too as well. That pick and pop or pick and roll with Ibaka was still great because Ibaka's got great hands and Kyle Lowry can fit through any nook and cranny and he can get real deep in there and he can just give a quick shovel pass or up top for an alley oop. And it, it just felt like, oh, that's a two point. We're scoring two points on this possession. You felt very certain that on like, you know, this was going to happen because Kyle Lowry had, you know, was the maestro in it all. And um, yeah, he just, uh, it's going to miss him. (laughs) Were you, 
like where 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 are you at on the you know I think in a little while it won't matter so much, but mm-hmm. it still seems like folks are somewhat divided on the deadline versus like how it went down now. Do you have like a a take? Do you not care? Uh, I don't particularly care. I knew I read you know anything could have happened by the season, anything could have happened after the season. So I wasn't like something needs to happen right now. I need a definitive answer. You know, if right. I get more time with Calari, I'll take that. And yeah, I was like he, that too. Yeah. He's, he's a great basketball player. The best thing about Kyle Lowry is he could average 30 points in this league easily and lose games. He could do that, but that's not the type of player that Kyle Lowry is. He takes over when he needs to, because he's like, okay, now we need to do this. But like for the rest of the game, he is getting everyone in it. He is, he is the point guard. He, he he takes the temperature of the room or the game and ins, inserts himself where he is needed, whether it's defensive end, offensive end, setting up other players in just it, like in, embracing and, and um, uh, what's the word like emboldening other players. If that's even a mm-hmm. word, he does that. It's just it's just. Oh, man. Few totally. players who can actually do that. You know, when you talk about players that you can plug in and do that, like you're talking about like a LeBron. We're talking about a Draymond on the right situation. There's just certain players where like when they're on the court, everyone else is better because of that. All four players on that. And even the players on the bench, they're, they're feeling, they're feeding off that too. Cause when they come in there, they want to like, I want to do just like him. I want to keep it up like that. So yes, he's just instant noodles. He's just great. He's just quick, amazing generates so much. And it really gets everyone else excited and play, play better. Is there a, is there a part of Kyle that's going to live on like like in this current iteration? Like obviously he's a legend. He'll have his, uh, you know, hopefully statues maybe before he retires, which would be cool. But I mean, maybe that's eager fans, but Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Is it, is it Fred? Is that like, Oh, are we going to see Fred do a bunch of Kyle style things or is it kind of like a team toughness? I think the team toughness is something because, yeah, and, you know, shout out to the Raptors front office for bringing in players who embrace that kind of idea because you can bring players in and they might not actually fit in and take, you know, they won't listen. They'll be very poor or not like, you know, very hardened and won't take in all this kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And it could be detrimental and <clears throat> it remains. Um, but, you know, ah. you can have that sometimes. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Siakam, a lot of these guys are bet on themselves players. They're like, I, I will show you exactly how much I'm worth. If you don't think that I'm worth this much, I will do it. I will take charge. I will go up on defense and I will get the hardest matchup and I will like I will do all these different things. And it definitely reverberates from Kyle Lowry but it also is uh, inside of all those other players and for them to keep it on their own, because I, it's what I hope is ha- happens because it all works with around Kyle, Kyle Lowry, but individually I hope that spark is inside of them that they can generate that stuff themselves and we can continue this kind of team chemistry, this kind of team identity uh, going forward. Do you think, uh, do you think there's like any doubt in anyone's mind about what Kyle did in Toronto? Like, will there be, Will there be any like kind of haters later on or do you I'm, think it's like he's it's infamy for him? Um, no, well, and that's the thing is, like, as I get become like an aging basketball fan, you just kind of see narratives in front of your eyes get deleted and new memories yes. and new players get just inputted all the time. So mm-hmm. it's bound to happen. It's, I already yeah. saw ball don't stop guy. Uh, Ecam um, post about like uh, Kyle Lowry is not the greatest rapper of all time. It's Vince Carter. I'm like, dude, I get it. I was there for the Vince Carter era. Me too. I understand what he did. He is the probably the, you know the like the biggest star we've ever had for sure. And he inspired so many different players. All oh, like man. Wiggins and Dwight Powell's. All those players picked up a basketball because of Vincent Lamar Lamar Carter. That's just that's a fact. But if you're talking about greatest Raptor of all time, 
far as impact, you know, embodied the city, embraced the city, the best storyline from like from they got here to when they left. Yes. Just like it's Kyle Lowry. It's undeniable that. And there's going to be people who are going to be that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Wanna... And I get it. That's close to your childhood. And you don't want to ruin your child because if you ruin your childhood, who are you? That's your base. That's just, you know, it, it yeah. scares some people to embrace change and whatnot. But I think there's a healthy bit of embracing reality, embracing your childhood and also adding new layers onto things. So it's always going to change. And it, from different perspectives, it's going to be different and different. But I just think definitively you can't say that Kyle Lowry is not the greatest Raptor of all time. I think, Alan, that's like literally we made it to our 10 minutes. <laughs> that was the perfect, perfect ending. <laughs> I just want you to say, because I know you know it, uh, and and you've said, you know, uh, Chris Wesley Bosch, and you've said Vincent Lamar Carter. <laughs> Tell the people what Kyle Lowry's middle name is. <gasps> Oh, I don't think I know it, Kyle. I actually don't. I just assumed you did. I just, I just said those ones because I always say Christopher Wessing Washington. That was my fun. When everyone knew Lamar. Yeah, Terrell, Kyle Terrell Lowry, KTL baby, KTL, <laughs> Kyle Terrell Lowry. I actually like it. It plays well. The Terrell to Lou, to Lowry. That's a fun little, a little fun there. So yeah, I'm excited we to add- say that. Maybe, maybe like the Kyle Lowry in Miami is just like Terrell Lowry, like. Kyle Lowry's ours. Yeah, you can have that one. That's a, that's a new one. That's that new update. We don't. That's that. Well, no, we don't want that. You can have that, but we can have it back yeah. if you don't want it. You know. I know. We both love Kyle so, so much. We're like, you know what? We'll take him back if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't work out, we'll trade him back. Whatever. Who cares? Well, dude, thank you so much for joining. This is thank like you a for having time. Me. Yeah. But no, oh, no problem. And it's a new era, though. I think you know. Again, we're a little bit of old heads here, so uh, I think we're excited for what's next, right? Yeah, the torch, yeah, the torch got to be passed and the torch got to be lit. So that's that's all part of uh, passing things on. And hopefully this is the uh, the next era. And I'm excited to be a part of it with you. Hey, man, we're all in this together, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that sounded like. It's something from a song. And I think it is, but I can't think of. <laughs> some lyrics were definitely said here. You're going to have to strike this entire video. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough. Um, All right, man. Peace, love. Thank you. Vasquez looking, still looking. Gets it to Lowry at five seconds. Lowry, Williams, the tight defense. Here is Lowry on the deck through two. Lowry put it up. It's blocked by Pierce, and the Nets win the series. As Paul Pierce, waiting in front of the rim, denies the shot and sends Brooklyn to the Kyle, you guys obviously achieved a lot more than a lot of outsiders gave you credit for. What what does it mean to the team to get where you got to? Uh, it means a lot. You know, uh, it shows our improvement throughout the year. You know, a lot of people didn't expect us to be here, um, but we did. And um, we're only going to get better. You know, this is only a start for us. And, and it's, well, a start for, you know, the Raptors organization. And, um, you know, it was a good start for us. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we we came up short. We're in a game we... we, we Put ourselves in a position to win. Derek, Deanna Rain. Uh, well, yeah, let's let's talk some more, Kyle. Uh, I'm here with uh, one of my favorite guests, Derek Deanna Rain, uh, my favorite producer at CBC. <laughs> I I bet you I do know other producers, so that's actually does carry some weight. But but you know what? I'm not gonna like take away from my own compliment. You're amazing. Happy to have you on the show. What's up? Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me as always. Yeah, man. Um, let's just get right to it. Like, uh, all I ask first, like, what's your what's your vibe right now? Or you know, yeah, how are you feeling post Kyle? Are you like super? Yeah, I wouldn't even project. Just tell me. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Like, I think because of everything that happened during the trade deadline with, you know, us kind of having to say goodbye before we're actually having to say goodbye, I think that Nuggets probably, game. Yeah, I think a lot of that that emotion and and like sadness I felt then. So it was sort of like you you were kind of prepared for that inevitability, right? Like you were yeah. it's 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 almost like and this might be a horrible, you know, um I guess comparison and I apologize to anybody that, you know, might <laughs> might feel a type of way about it, but it's almost like if you like had someone in your life who may have been older and was sick and uh, you know, they, they, you were given news that like, Oh, maybe there's hope that they might, you know, go on longer or something like that. Um, and then you, you hold out, you prepare for like the inevitability like Oh, they might pass. And then like, it doesn't happen. And you're like, Oh, thank God. There's, you know, they're still here. And then eventually they do. And, and, and they move on and you're like, damn, like, you know, but, but you kind of already emotionally and mentally prepared yourself for that inevitability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of like that in that sense, obviously Kyle's not dead. Thank God. Um, yeah. He's not, not, yeah. He's certainly, not you know dead to any Raptors fans I, I hope um you know because this isn't the exit that you know Chris had necessarily or or Vince or Tracy uh, or, or Damon or anybody else that that was beloved by our franchise um but uh you know he's moved on to another team and uh and you know I'm happy for him I wish him nothing but the best of success and and look he absolutely owes nobody anything in Toronto he 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 put that 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 work and that weight out there on him on himself by saying, "Look, when you start a job, you have to finish it," mm-hmm. and he finished it, right? Right. So uh, he, to, in my mind, like he's solidified his legacy is forever in Toronto. He's forever going to be loved in the city and celebrated. And uh, you know, I can't wait to to attend that unveiling when his statue comes out. Whenever oh my god! Did. Yeah, I, and I and I definitely I always I have to make this joke every time it, uh, the statue conversation comes up. I think hopefully, you know, you maybe make a bunch of them, but I want to see one, you know, in like in the whatever the the path, like the underground area, just just for no like like around a corner, right out of an elevator. And like basically everybody's walking into it and he's taking charges on like innocent citizens of Toronto. Yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, if if we're talking like if we're gonna see like Kyle Lowry statues, like we saw moose statues uh, around the city, yes. then you know, maybe maybe that's the thing, right? Like you just look at random rooftops and you're like, what the hell is a moose doing there? What, what's Kyle Lowry doing taking the charge by the CN Tower? Is he there with Drake? Like I have no idea. So <laughs> I love yeah. that Kyle could realistically be somewhere with Drake. Like that's not yeah, that's that, not that's, a crazy that's thing to say. Bit. Yeah. So, so same thing with Delano and and Scotty. Man, he's there oh everywhere. God taking the city tour. I want to talk like, so you, you know, you talk a little bit about the different Toronto Raptors exits, which I think is a huge part of our history. You know, recently there's Kawhi, even more recently, there's kind of surge who, you know, he didn't really feel like he was handled appropriately. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about like, I, I, you know, I, I'll just say that I, I feel like there was a lot of mutual respect the whole way until the end. And yeah. I think, there's a part of that we don't exactly get to see between Masai and Kyle, but I don't know. I feel like I felt it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think like, you know, we're anytime somebody leaves us, we're sort of like scorned lovers <laughs> in yes. that sense. Um, but, but I think like, to me, the one thing that's kind of always bugged me about the, the free agency situation here in the city is that one, we've never been a major big free agent destination. We don't make a ton of moves and throughout Masai's tenure, he's never really made a lot of free agent moves. I think in total, Masai has been here, what, like eight, nine years and he's only made about 
10 of them and of those 10 like half of them are really like summer league and two-way deals they're yes. not really you know like oh big big deals and the biggest ones are obviously the ones that are the biggest flubs like damari Carroll, right which mm-hmm. you know you you're going to take some miles every now and then you can't win everything um but but when we talk about retaining people um i do think that 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 there that that there is a bit of um misunderstanding there like look when vince carter was a free agent and or not rather not a free agent, but when he had the opportunity as a, as a restricted to go somewhere else and maybe sign an offer sheet, he chose to stay. He he re-upped with Toronto, um, you know, based off of his rookie deal um, to stay and be the guy and lead us, right? Um, you know, yeah. Demar stayed, Kyle stayed. Like these guys all chose to stay after being here, and they had the ability and options to leave, mm-hmm. and they did it. Right. And, and yeah, you can even throw in like Fred. Ibaka, yeah, exactly. You know? Right. Like these guys all had alternatives. Toronto was not the only place. And, and yes, you know, there's loyalty to, to some degree. But, uh, you know, all of these guys had other options and places that might have paid them more money. I think that the idea that Toronto doesn't retain free agents is because we don't get a lot of them. Um, and, and because when we do retain them, it's usually via we got these guys via trade or yeah. they're they're guys that we developed. Right. So um, I, I think that that's a bit of a myth. I, I think there is some truth to like people not coming here, but I don't necessarily agree with people that say that no one wants to stay like, yeah, Kawhi left, but other guys have signed major deals. It's just that they're not considered the the sexy superstar names in the way that we think they are. Right. Like they're all stars they are good caliber players, but they're not the, the Kawhi's of the world um, or Tracy McGrady's, you know, in his prime, which, which is fine. But, but to that point to, to Kyle, I would say, yeah, I think that this was handled extremely well uh, by the organization from top to bottom. I mm-hmm. think they very much moved um, with respect to how Kyle felt. And Kyle ultimately said, you know, look, it, it's going to come down to, to money. It's going to come down to his family and ultimately what what they think is, is best and what he thinks is best uh, for, for themselves, their well-being, their their situation and their living and their life and, and, and then also basketball as well. But it isn't just solely about basketball. And um, I respect that, right? Like, yeah, like me it, too. Whether, whether Kyle was going to Philly or or whether he was going to anywhere else, I think he he never cheated us in any way. He never cheated the process. He he gave everything that he had to the city and his organization, and they repaid him, uh, you know, handsomely for that. And I think if Kyle wanted to stay, they would have been happy with that as well. Um, but I think you know they they were like, look, it, the decision is up to you, and we want to help facilitate that in whatever way works best for you because you've given everything to this franchise and you owe us nothing and and to Kyle's um, credit as well and Chris Bosch actually did this too um, they didn't just leave. So Bosch was a sign and trade to Miami. He was, I remember. And Kyle is also a sign and trade to Miami. Mm-hmm. Those guys would have totally left us high and dry. But I think that speaks to the character of those guys and also to the to the relationships that they built with our organization, that they chose not to just leave us with nothing, um, although some people may argue that having salary cap space is something. Um, but, but yeah, they chose to help us in a way that would at least get us some sort of, you know, players back to, to in some sort of meaningful way, whether it be a, a second round pick or a first round pick or extra cash or, or other guys co- coming our way, which, you know, we still don't know exactly who is included in that Lowry deal. But, but I think that's big because that, that tells us that the relationships were good on both sides. I couldn't agree more. And I think like, you know, knowing Masai, you know, people love to talk about like, well, you know, that pick turned into OG and that pick turned into Norm. It's like, well, we might have to wait a bit to understand the full return on Kyle. And yeah, I mean, 
preaching patience to fans is uh is hard but also Masai yeah. doesn't care and Bobby doesn't care they they won't be rushed and that's kind of how they roll and that's why I love them but um you know just before you like uh, you got about a minute left here cuz yep. I'm, I'm sticking to this timer so just g- give me like your your Kyle memory a Kyle memory it doesn't have to be like the one you know okay, I've, got, like- I've got like I've got like two and I'm going to go quickly um yeah. so uh first one I think this is like uh, May 2016, game one of the Eastern semis. Um, I had just started to, to actually cover the team and, and uh, through CBC and go to some of these practices and pre-games and post-games and, and actually being on the court around these guys. And I was just like, awesome. Oh, my God. That's Dwayne Wade. And, you know, yeah. holy crap, my white side is mad tall. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's like, the, like I think there were like three seconds left in game one. Um, we're down like 90-87. Fans are leaving the arena at this point. Like, like people are trying to avoid the TTC traffic at Union Station and avoid the Gardner and the Lakeshore. So they're already on their way out. They think this game's done. I think I might have been Corey Joseph. I'm not 100% sure. He inbounds the ball. Kyle's, like, distracted, almost loses the ball out of bounds, saves it, and then puts up the biggest prayer that I've ever seen him put up in a shot from half court. And, like, everyone's just like, it's probably not going in. Like, it's a prayer shot. It's the end of the game. Like, maybe it goes and maybe it doesn't. And then you can hear audibly in the arena as the trajectory of the shot starts going closer to the basket. Everyone's like, oh. And then he nails the shot, and Dwayne Wade's just, like, right under the basket on his knee, and everyone's just going crazy. And I'm up there with the press folks, and we're like, yo, did that just really happen? Because, like, I mean, it's another reason as to why you shouldn't leave a game early because you, anything could happen until the buzzer sounds off. But it was just one of those moments where it was like pure chaos, pure pandemonium. I mean, the Raptors are still the Raptors. We still lost game one in that mm-hmm. series. But we ended up winning that series yeah. and going to the conference finals that year against Cleveland and losing in six. But that was like one of the craziest Kyle moments that I got to experience in person in the game after just talking to him before the game and after as well. And then the other thing that I, I, I want to add quickly before we end this sure. is I think something that doesn't actually get a lot of love, but is something that I think is a Kyle Lowry legacy moment that is going to continue um, with this current uh, team and probably for years to come. Um, so in and obviously doing the work that I do and covering local news and, and the city of Toronto, um, I had the opportunity to, to work with Kyle a little bit and attend um, some of his holiday assists. So I, I remember okay, covering cool. one of his um, Christmas giveaways. So every holiday around the, the, around Christmas time, Kyle takes a bunch of kids from a selected uh, school across the city and he brings them to a Toys R Us and basically just says, you have like, seven minutes, go pick whatever toys you want, fill up the cart as much as possible. I'm buying everything. Uh, Kyle Lowry is Santa Claus. And, uh, you know, he brings his kids, his wife is there. And and it's just an incredible moment because you, you see – you know, him giving back to the community with the the money and the resources that he has to help kids who are absolutely less privileged and less fortunate than him, um, you know, given that he is an NBA player, but also like the care in which these kids have for each other and for their families. You see kids who are thinking not of themselves, like, oh, I want to get like the latest toy or this thing. They're thinking, oh, what would my sister want? What would my mom want? What would my, like, And it's just so nice to see, you know, kids in that way and the innocence of it all and, and Kyle being – 
a kid himself with all of them and with his own kids. Um, and, and it's a shame that we won't get to have that with Kyle anymore. But the reason why I say it keeps his legacy going is because Fred has actually picked up that torch. And so last hot, oh, oh man, Christmas, I think maybe pre-pandemic, um, Fred did it too. So Fred actually had his own moment where he was giving back with a bunch of kids from a public school in the city um, to let them pick whatever toys they wanted. And the bill was on Fred. And I think that is, is just a testament to Kyle Lowry as a human being. And, and one of those things that I think will continue with this organization. Man, that's like such a perfect way to end this. And we, we just hit the time and <laughs> I, I was asking, uh, yeah, it was like, that was, that was good shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, just carrying on legacy is something I'm thinking about a lot. And I'm glad you brought up that, the, you know, the Toys R Us giveaway. Cause that's like, that's huge. I, you know, I grew up, I'm, uh, you know, a product of welfare, you know, I grew up poor and those types of moments, like they I'll always remember them when people did things for me and my family. And it's just kind of like, yeah, you can't even like nothing you did on the court will ever be like that. So yeah, yeah exactly. thanks for bringing that up. And, and Fred too, it's like, that's so awesome that that type of character is like going to remain. And yeah. Kyle's just amazing. And, and Derek, yeah. you're amazing. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. And yeah, we'll, we'll keep this train moving, but, uh, yeah, man, you're awesome. And, and we both appreciate Kyle and thank you. Yeah, man. No, thank you. Thank Kyle. And, and I appreciate you having me on this platform. Always, man. It's the Eastern Conference Finals between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors. And it's presented by Verizon. We want more is the champ here at the Air Canada Center. Oh, and we the North, some people, we the North chanting as well which is their rallying cry. The Cleveland Cavaliers win the Eastern Conference final in six games. LeBron, tonight you crossed the 30-point margin for the 81st time in your career, but you waited until this game in this playoffs to do it. You said you would step forward and have a game when you needed to. Why was it tonight? First of all, uh, you get, do you hear this? Do you incredible. hear this? Unbelievable respect and much respect to these fans, to this country. This is unbelievable. I've never been a part of something like this in my Kyle, Obviously, the look on your face says it all right now, but uh, I mean, this is a question you probably get asked every time you get eliminated from the playoffs, but this really was a special season for this team. You think there will be a time when you look back and realize what you were able to accomplish this year? Uh, yeah. No, of course you're gonna look back at, at some point, but right now, I'm disappointed. Simple as that. I'm disappointed. Catherine, Catherine. Niker. Okay, uh, I'm down to talk some more. Kyle Lowry. I'm here with, uh, yeah, I mean my my super guest. Uh, you know, we share a podcast together, uh, WNBA podcast, The Pickup. Uh, she, you know her from Buckets and Tea. Uh, we won't be doing a regular intro, but give it up for Catherine Niker if you're at home. What's up, Catherine? Hey, hey. Uh, so thrilled that I finally have the badge of super guest. Oh, so blessed. Super guest. Yeah, a little hashtag blessed right off the top of our little segment here. Yeah, a little hashtag I'm a blessed. I'm super guest now. I'm a super guest. That's right. You can't go, you can't go down from there. Um <laughs> 
Kyle Lowry is our is our super raptor. Uh, I'm just kind of mm-hmm. letting everyone go off a bit and then asking some questions. How are you feeling about Kyle Lowry? Um, I feel honestly, I feel pretty fine about it. Like, I don't know. I cried in March. (laughs) Right. You said goodbye at the deadline. So long ago. Like, I'm pretty sure on this podcast back then, I had a full on temper tantrum. I think you were trying to ask me a very real question about like Kyle and should we trade him and should we not? And I was just like, no, I don't want it. Like, I was just like rejecting it. Like it was like bad food on my plate. Like I just absolutely not. But I mean, I've more than accepted it at this point. Um, I mean, the Miami Heat, definitely not surprised. Glad we got a bit of a sign and trade. At least we got something for Mm -hmm. Kyle at this point. Um, Happy about that. I just, it doesn't make sense for him to be here for in a full rebuild, which we know now, because, you know, we didn't really know exactly how the Raptors wanted to pivot initially. Like, right. If we were going to try and stay in the playoff picture or whatever, you know, short term goals were, but it's clear we're in a full rebuild now. And uh, it doesn't make sense for someone like Kyle to be a part of that. So, you know, overall, I'm happy for him. I don't like the Miami Heat, although I do like Jimmy Butler. But I just like the whole, like, Heat culture thing really just reminds me of, like, a like a Jersey Shore fraternity kind of vibe. Like, it just doesn't, ah, it just doesn't have a good vibe to me. Like, I just, like, oh, my God, and the whole, like, getting like people's like body fat like weighing their body fat every week and having to like clock in just feels like super weird and fetishy to me and Mm -hmm. if anyone tells Kyle Lowry to lose weight like we are coming for them as an entire nation like oh yeah absolutely not an incredible athlete and a beautiful man and they need to leave him the fuck alone. And I'm sure they will. Like I, you know, Kyle's a pretty prickly guy. Like he's not, he's not putting up with that one way or the other, but I just feel like, you know, he wants to be on a contender and that's cute. I do see the Miami heat as more of a fringe contender. Mm -hmm. If I'm being honest, like I don't know me too. Yeah. Like it's not, it's certainly not impossible, but I don't see them as a forefront I don't, you know, assuming, you know, when you, when you make predictions, like you always have to just assume people are healthy and if the Bucks are healthy, you know, as good as Bam and Abayo is like, he's not winning a matchup against Giannis. Like he's just not, you know, and then, um, and then same with like the Nets, like I don't see them stopping the Nets either. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I am definitely kind of like, rooting for him to succeed but i'm also like you know i'm not exactly you're okay buying, i'm not exactly buying a heat lowry jersey you know what i mean right yeah i mean I'm, I'm pretty much the same i love lowry i think he's probably my favorite player at this point in my my, my basketball fandom but I, I firmly don't root for other teams so uh i also like lebron uh, there's a lot of players i like but i like the raptors so i don't mm-hmm. really care about the heat like so, you know i i I'm happy Kyle got paid because I think that was the main goal. And I feel like winning will be a bonus that I hope he also gets if we don't win. Um, I don't think we're like going to be in the same tier as Miami in any way, anytime soon. But um, yeah, I I totally agree with you. I'm kind of just asking everyone too, as well. Like, um, do you have a favorite Kyle memory? 
you know, it doesn't have to be like a singular memory, but like, is there anything that comes to mind? Favorite Kyle memory? You know, that's so funny because it's like, I mean, I guess like the biggest moment would just be like game six of the finals, right? Like that's yes. that's his big, big moment. I think for me though, like for Kyle, it was really more just all the little things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all the little things that he did game in and game out all the time that just made him really special, you know, and just like there's a, like a consistency there too, right? Like just, I don't know, a consistent effort. Like I find, I don't know what it is, if it's like a Canadian thing or what, but I feel like as Raptors fans, we've always kind of gravitated towards guys that have a bit of grit to them. Oh, yeah. You know, that have For like sure. kind of a gritty quality to them. Like we're not really like. You know, I mean, if somebody comes in with a lot of finesse, like, that's cool and all, but we're not, like, you know, I feel like the fan favorites are always those guys that have some grit to them, you know, like, whether it's, yes. like, a, like, a junkyard dog type player or whatever, right? Totally. Like, an Oakley, like, I just feel like throughout our history, like, those guys are always the fan favorites, and, you know. Turkulu, Capono. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but I feel like Kyle had that, but he was also like the leader. Yeah. Right? So he, he had both. And I think that's, you know, kind of what makes him the ultimate Raptor. So really it's more just like, it's not so much a moment, but just like an energy or a vibe. Does that make sense? That makes total that sense. That is and my I, favorite thing. That is the best thing. And I feel like, you know, that's, sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you there, but I kind of want to go back to what you were saying before, um, just about like leadership and, you know, yeah, he's going to Miami, but uh, yeah, like, do you think that grit, like, do you think any of Kyle's going to get passed on to the team or do you think it's like, this is a clean separation next year is not Kyle's not here and the team won't be like him. You know what I mean? No, I think our I think the Raptors teams could be real different without him. I mean, of course, like Fred's learned a lot from Kyle, but Fred's his own person too, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think like you know everything I heard or read about the Scotty Barnes pick was that he's a culture guy, right? Like I think they're looking at Scotty Barnes to like be. A, a a cultural influencer that sounds so social media of me but really like a, yeah. a cultural influence uh in the locker room like i i think that was also part of why they picked him because they think he's gonna have like a big personality and you know will kind of help this you know post it's so it feels weird to say but a post kyle era it's weird. It's a weird. It, it does feel weird to say. Yeah, it still feels weird to say, but that's what it is. And so, yeah, I, I think it'll be all very different. Were there any points like where I feel like, you know, close to the end of the Kyle Lowry era, you know, different people had different ideas of kind of like how they wanted it to end. Were you were you like, you know, not talking about the ending so much like mid era, early era? Were you like an early Kyle supporter? Or were you kind of like, did he have to win you over? No, I was definitely an early Kyle supporter um, and an early Kyle and DeMar supporter. I mean, I was one of those people like DeMar really won me over when he, you know, infamously tweeted that, like, don't worry, I got us thing after Chris Bosh left. Right. And at at that point, too, like we weren't, you know, quote unquote, used to winning. And so it was like, it was always so positive, like every step we took, every whatever, whatever we took, 
was really positive until just like those last couple years against Cleveland, you know, and, uh, but I was always rooting for them because it's like nobody ever expected them to beat LeBron. You know, it wasn't like they, they never failed expectations in my mind. Well, that's not totally true, but you know what I mean? Like, like those cat, the Cavaliers were clear. I know what you mean. Yeah. Team. You know, like I think sometimes like getting swept was obviously disappointing and getting swept against the Wizards was disappointing. But like generally speaking, like we were consistently underdogs and, you know, it was Mm -hmm. nice to see them. It was nice to see them go for it. Right. Like it was just. Yeah. and, And I think like going through that process and then winning a championship and having the the run it back season which up until the pandemic was my favorite season um probably oh, was, i mean it was just so much just so much fun i mean you talk about like the rise of siakam the the comeback game against dallas just like really really good times and yeah um you know i'll always associate him with winning with changing the culture here and being a big part of that um, but I think this experience has also changed me as a fan and, uh, I don't really want to, you know, I mean, I trust Masai in a rebuilding process cause he has done it before and I do mm-hmm. believe he'll do it again, but it's like, you know, I'm not going to go back to those days where I consistently rooted for a losing team, uh, just sorry. Sorry, no. Did it. I'll start again. We've made it to our. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's your timer. Oh, so that, was that was my timer, yeah, but I, I want to hear your thought. Yeah, I'll just say that, like, I'm not going to go back to rooting for a losing team. You know, ten years plus. Like, I just, I almost feel like that's just like not even who I am anymore, and I don't think that's who the Raptors are anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is significant. Right, like it's very, very significant. So I'll always be grateful for him and his time here. He'll definitely be emotional when he comes back, right, and plays in Toronto oh against the Heat. Like that's that's going to be a waterworks. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm ha- ultimately I'm I am happy for Kyle. Yeah, I love your. I, I, I'm going to ask you one more thing because I, I love you know your point of you know him raising the bar for for us, and I feel like yeah. that is like yeah, just said so well, and I'm almost emotional immediately thinking about his return, um, just because I feel like we both enjoy this kind of stuff. What are you like? What image do you have in his return? Like, so let's just leave everyone oh, with that. Like, what are you picturing? It's got to be better than the Kawhi return. Because the totally return was pretty sick. Um, yeah, I want to. I want a, a whole light show, not just a video. <laughs> a oh yeah, show on the court. I want to see the steps that he took before he took a charge. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I don't. I mean, it's going to be weird because he's going to make multiple returns to Toronto. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be big. I'm sure it'll be emotional. Um, I don't think they're going to give him a mic or anything. That's kind of, that'll be interesting. It'll be, Oh yeah. It'll be actually, but it'll still be, you know, it'll still be nice. It'll be weird. I don't know what to expect. Me either. I was actually just like picturing. I hope hope they, I hope they make him cry. (laughs) Oh, we're going to make him cry. We're going to be there. First of all, we have to make Kyle cry. Yeah, we should be there. I mean, those tickets are going to be hard to get. 
Listen, we're going to make our way in there. I mean, you're going to have those things like I've done it on an acting set before where you blow mint, like mint air towards someone's eyes to make them cry. Ooh. So, we'll, yeah, we got we'll, 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 me and you will figure it out. Okay. Okay. Noted. Noted. Yeah, yeah I got I'll plans. Save some, I'll, I'll save some mint from my mom's garden. <laughs> Please start saving the mint now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's uh that's it for this segment but Catherine, you're the best and thank you so much uh you're the best uh thanks so much six to seven from the foul line two possession game 114 110 curry lets it fly canada the nba title is yours the toronto raptors are the 2019 from the Toronto Star. You've been in this organization for a long time. This has been your goal for a long time. But your whole basketball career, you felt undervalued. You felt like you never found a home until here. Um, and even in your Toronto career, there have been ups and downs. Can you put into words what this means for you, for Kyle Lowry, uh, after everything you've been through kind of your whole life? Uh, words can't explain um, how I feel. Um, it's been a long, long time. 13 years um, of NBA basketball, a um, couple years of college, you know, a couple years of, you know, high school basketball. And to be able to say I'm a world champion, um, you know, it makes me feel great. And I, to, do it, to do it with a group of guys that we did it with um, is amazing. Um, like, it's just, you know, it's kind of still surreal, kind of. It hasn't hit me yet. And, you know, I'm still kind of in this moment of just like, you know, is this real yet? And uh, for me, just at the end of the day, I work extremely hard on my game. I work extremely hard on myself, and I, and I am extremely hard on myself. And uh, I'm happy to be able to say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a champion, and uh, it's been a long time coming. Katie Heindel. All right. Um, I'm here with one of my very favorite guests. Uh, she's incredible. And um, I'm not doing the full intro like I usually do, but <laughs> check her out on everything and follow her on everything. Basketball Feelings, I'm sure, is uh, coming out shortly and Vacation Watch. Uh, I don't want to do any spoilers or set you up for things that you, I don't know. I don't know what all you have on your plate. What's up, Katie? How are you? Katie Heinde, ladies and gentlemen. I have a steak on my plate. <laughs> You, you know do that. Have, I showed you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of how the, you know, how the sausage is made. Katie does have a uncooked steak on her plate that she's going to cook soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And uh, always a pleasure. Of yeah. Course. I mean, yeah, pleasure's all mine. And I think uh, steak talk aside, uh, <laughs> how, how are you doing with, uh, with Kyle's exit? Yeah, I'll just start there. Yeah, um, I have to be honest. I think I prepared mentally and emotionally for the reality of his leaving more around the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And I think that with free agency, I had, it, like, I, I had a hope that he would stay. 
But the more that it, you know, we heard about Miami and some other teams and the more I thought about it, I am a Miami fan, you know this. So I think when it seemed like that's where he could go to play like one of his best friends Mm -hmm. um, and bam, like such a sweetheart, I was like, okay, I don't mind that. The guy can golf all year round. His family can be there. You know, I think uh, I made peace with it a lot faster than I thought. I thought I would be crushed. I think it will be a lot different when we actually are without him. You know what I mean? Like first game actually back is going to be its own. Maybe then it will hit me more. But right now I mostly feel like bittersweet, super appreciative. I think like we had, he, he did the full arc. Like you can't ask for anything more, you know, like no. he did what he set out to do. Well, he didn't even know he, he wanted to set out to do when he got here um, and like he promised and he delivered. And I think for him to now just kind of go off and be free, it's like, I feel like it's like true love, you know, <laughs> you gotta yeah. let it go sometimes. Definitely. I mean, i I'm feeling a lot of that. I'm hearing a lot of that as far as, you know, people were prepared for Kyle to leave. There's not a lot of like wanting for things here. We got our one championship with him and he helped seal the clinching game and had like a powerful hug with our GM. Like the arc is so (laughs) rich, honestly. Um, I want to go back to what you said about like feeling it when he's gone. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I'm not exactly sure what we're all going to feel, but like, do you have any thoughts about what, what of Kyle will remain? You know what I mean? Like when, when the season starts, are you like, where are you thinking you might feel him or feel the loss of him? I think we'll feel the loss of him a lot on the floor. I think his, his organization will be missed. Cause it wasn't just, it's just like when he was on the floor, things were in their right place all the time. Mm-hmm. They were like that for a reason because he was there. You even saw that when he would come off the floor and like take a little bit of a rest yes. or when he was hurt, you know, the latter half of the season. Um, I think we'll miss that deeply. I guess I was a little bit more worried about that before, you know, we saw some of the personnel who are coming back this season. Uh, and I think, you know, they've got some roster holes to sort of fill out. Yeah. Um, but I think you and I talked about this before, like, in terms of what he's left, like he's left his DNA and his fingerprints all over the team, you know, in the way Freddie plays um, in a lot of OG's development, Pascal too, like they have learned intrinsically how to play basketball, Raptors basketball under Kyle Lowry within that system. And I still think that they never would have really had a chance to step out and prove it. And now this will be, you know, their shot. Like this will be their first kind of step in the spotlight, I think, without Lowry, but they never would have been able to get there as long as Lowry stayed because it always would have been his team. So in a weird way, like, he kind of gave them and us the gift of... I know. The next, like, iteration of the Raptors, you know? Like, he saw, whether you want to call it the We the North Era, great marketing tactic, <laughs> but, like, whatever you want to call the previous era, it, it comes full circle now. And, like, he's given us this new team that's just, like now going to sort of step out onto the stage and we can actually see what they are and they're not really going to look it will be uncomfortable at first because it will be like oh this doesn't feel right it's going to be awkward I think it'll be kind of ugly and messy at first but they got to hit their stride and I guess I guess Lowry gave them the gift to do that like he set his guys free (laughs) yeah well and I think he definitely empowered a lot of people to play better and to kind of like you know he made a lot of people money Mm -hmm. Do you see there being like a 
I mean, I guess this isn't so much about Kyle, but I feel like we're we're kind of talking in the margins here. Like, do you see there being like a leadership vacuum or, you know, for instance, like Fred and Siakam kind of colliding in some way? Mm-hmm. Or, or do you think part of what he left is like a collective will to win together? I think um, it will be Fred. I think Pascal has never necessarily been comfortable being that guy. I don't think he wants to be that guy. I think he actually plays better when he's not that guy. Yeah. So, you know, but now he might get to figure out like what other kind of guy is he, you know, what other kind sure. of skills does he, does he have that I love aren't that. necessarily, um, you know, he had to play a certain way, not to say like Larry was ever domineering with them. I think they wanted to play the way that he did, but I think Fred is sort of who the torch was going to that was always my sense of it and I think that was Larry's sense of it like he calls him his little brother right like his mini me um I think it will be Fred and I think he's ready for it I think honestly the way that the team played through the Tampa season and like how tough that was you know he's coming out of probably one of the most challenging seasons of his career Fred is and Mm -hmm. uh I think he's ready for it, but that's the whole thing when you have like a soft rebuild like this, right? Or a retooling, I guess we should call it. Um, new leaders will, will emerge and new relationships and dynamics are going to emerge. Uh, and I think that like, I'm pretty excited to see that. That's almost like what I guess I'm most hopeful for. And if Dragic stays, I'm curious to see <laughs> how he decides uh, to lead if he does, but I don't think he will right away. I think he'll probably recognize like, he can't just come in and, and inherit something that Lowry spent nine seasons building. Yeah. I think the, the tragic point is really interesting because, you know, yeah, if it's, if it, this all shakes out where we do decide to hold on to him, you know, he's beloved in Miami. He is mm-hmm. the leader. And yeah, I think, you know, I I'd hope, and, and I think with Dragic, you know, he's played for a lot of teams. I think he would come in and read the room and, you know, hopefully empower Fred or, or Malachi or, or whatever. Um, but I kind of want to just uh, like pivot a bit to like memories because I'm asking everyone about Kyle memories. So if you have a specific one, awesome. If it's like a general feel, that's cool too. Uh, it's hard. There's a lot. And I don't mean that as a cop out. Like I can't. I think it maybe like, is, yeah. yeah, I think maybe that's like kind of the gift of Lowry is that he gave us an era and there hasn't been a Toronto player that's ever been able to do that. Right. Like usually it's, it's either felt abrupt and that they're traded away before what feels like their time uh, mm-hmm. or they it's abrupt because they leave and abandon the team. Yeah. A couple guys have done that. Um, favorite Lowry moment, you know, like I always go back to this, but I think that in that net series, when he missed the shot, when Paul mm. Pierce blocked it yes. and uh, he fell down on the floor and he was like kind of covering his face and you knew he was going through it. And DeMar went over to him and like, kind of like propped himself up over him and was almost like shielding him from the moment. And I think he was telling him, I think DeMar said later, like he was telling him something like, we'll come back. Like we'll, we'll be here again. Like you've got to get up. I don't know. I loved that moment as like wrenching and heartbreaking as that moment was. I think it was a real beautiful encapsulation of like something starting, like not just a friendship, but like where that road would eventually lead and like Larry's full, beautiful deliverance. (laughs) I, 
I think that's such a perfect moment and, and perfect moment for you too to like kind of, of course you're going to see like the nugget of the origin story of the feeling. And I mean, I even, you know, I still like, you know, reading some of Kyle's stuff, I still really, I enjoyed the Casey uh, Larry relationship, which was kind of imperfect, but it was mm-hmm. feisty and competitive mm-hmm. and it seemed like it. Yeah. It was a big part of who Kyle was. Um, I've, we've kind of run out of time, but I want to ask you one more question mm-hmm. uh, about Kyle and sorry, I'm just shutting off my annoying timer. Um, yeah. Like what I want to ask is, do you think that, you know what, this seems like an unanswerable question, but I think you maybe, if anybody could oh answer it. God, no pressure. Do you envision, like, you know, if you think about the arc of us getting better, hopefully with Kyle, do you envision enjoying or appreciating another Raptor as much as Kyle? Or is that just something that's hard to, like, foresee? That's not tough for me because I can actually say personally, no, I don't think so. I think like the pure love that I had for Lowry and like that era of Raptors basketball and like all these instances of almost making it and like falling out, um, coming back, flying their way back, you know, this like scrappy, dogged team, really annoying team. And then how it just got smoother and smoother and more streamlined throughout the seasons until, you know, that championship iteration and like the growth Larry had through that, this is going to sound super corny, but I do feel like it also paralleled a lot of things I was going through in my life at the time, totally. you know? Um, and I think like stuff like that kind of tethers you to a player and an era and at a certain time, and you're not going to feel maybe as deeply. I mean, it's hard to say. You never know who could come, come along. Yeah. I'm super stoked. Like probably my cl- next closest uh, is OG just because I think he's been, he's been trying to get where he's at for so many seasons and he's just never had the runway. And now I think like, you know, we're starting to see it. So I'm very excited and hopeful for him, but no, Larry was like, Larry was my guy. So yeah. I think like with him, with, I, I feel a, a certain distance from the team now. It's not a bad thing. I think it's just like, you know, taking a step back. Like I'm not as ferociously in on the Raptors as I was with Lowry, but I think that's okay. I uh, yeah, I think it's okay too. And I mean, maybe that's a part of like a legacy player. Like we never had, you know, you uh, people have uh, on the like before you on this pod. Uh, you know, everyone, a lot of people were touching on the, um, you know, the exits and how oh, Kyle's nice. exit was unique, and there was like a respect there. And I think everything about this Kyle Larry era was like distinctly human. It seemed and flawed and amazing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We're all going to miss Kyle. I feel I'm, I don't want to work myself into tears or maybe I do, but um, yeah, now I feel upset after I was just like, I'm fine, but I, know. I think it's just, it just like, it's so rare to have an experience as a fan Yes, um, and go through that full cycle with a player. You want to call it whatever you want, whatever you'd call it, you know, like, that's such a rare thing. Um, so I think it's like such a special thing. And I think that's totally okay. If like some people don't feel that way. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay that, you know, we were a part of this special era and Kyle had a special imprint on us and mm-hmm. 
we don't have to, yeah, immediately transfer those feelings uh, if they don't feel genuine to like another player. Uh, Katie, this is, uh, yeah, we made it to the end of the segment. Uh, this, this will be the end of the pod and the end of the Kyle Lowry era. But yeah, new era coming and um, we'll start investigating and enjoying and you're the best, and thank you so much. Tony and Kevin, back with you. Uh, first half NBA free agency. We've got some breaking news coming in. Kyle Lowry and a sign and trade will be going to the Miami Heat. Adrian Wojnarowski announcing, uh, reporting that it's a three-year deal for the former Raptors star. And Lowry went to Twitter in the last three minutes, tweeted out Miami Heat times Kyle Lowry. Let's go. How are you going to remember your time in Toronto? Uh I don't know, Doug. I, I, I'm not honestly. I'm just being honest. I, I'm not looking forward to that first game coming back because I know I'm gonna get tribute and I know I'm gonna cry. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. But um, how I remember my time there is that it was home, and it really will always be home. Um, the fans, you know, the, the friends I made, the people I, I met throughout my time, the relationships I built, uh, you know, the the communities that I helped and the people that I help in the communities, um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of put that into perspective of one you know, kind of sentence or paragraph. It's, it's a, a culmination of just a lot of things. And like, you know, when I retire, I'll kind of go back and really think about everything that I've, I've done for that place. And yeah, like, you know, it, it's, it's too much to put into it. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So